Occupy a Job on Wall Street is an autobiographical novel about New York City in the aughts, centering around a protagonist mentored by sociopaths. Episode 94, Swimming with Sharks. Irving Place in Gramercy Park is named for Washington Irving, the first great New York writer. And Irving was, like the bridge, named for George Washington. Washington Irving became famous by placing a series of classified ads concerning the whereabouts of a Dutch historian named Knickerbocker. In fact, Irving had invented the man entirely and placed the ads himself. Knickerbocker's purported manuscript, A History of New York, was Irving's own. Told from Knickerbocker's point of view, A History of New York is a chronicle of New York's 50 years under Dutch rule that plays fast and loose with the facts. The book propelled Irving to the heights of literary stardom. One might say, A History of New York is not exactly a lie, but it might be bullshit. Bullshit is heavier than a lie, filled with crude truth. A careful listener will know bullshit when they hear it and appreciate it when practiced by a master. It's for this reason, amongst others, that last week I met our episode's protagonist at Irving Place. Let's call him Diedrich. I'm not entirely sure what to expect, but Diedrich greets me with a smile and then, after a pause, also a handshake. Neither of us wear masks outside, so this personal connection draws envious and angry stares from the people around us. I scan his face and am happy to see an absolute indifference to the opinions of New Yorkers. Great. This will be a real conversation. I asked Diedrich if he'd like to walk north. I'm trying to throw him off, but also I know a bar in Midtown that'll let us drink inside without being bothered by the hordes of woke anti-business regulators Cuomo has sent in to enforce his stupid restaurant laws. But then he tells me he doesn't drink anymore, and his wife is picking him up by Grand Banks. We can walk that way and talk until she arrives. <sighs> Fine, whatever. To kick things off, I asked Diedrich when we first met, and, well, the beginning of the story does indeed sound like me. Turns out he was a 23-year-old, fresh out of a small college way out west. A mutual friend had asked if I would take him out one night when he got to the city. Apparently, I said... Yeah, sure, that's fine. Come to my office. I'll make some introductions around the street on your behalf. You can take a look at our trading software and, uh, hey, I just thought of something. Why don't you come meet me on a boat next week? My friend is having a party, but he does plenty of them, and it's not a big deal. Come along if you want, and also here's a bunch of tickets. If you could give them out to some girls leading up to the party, I'm sure he'd be very appreciative. But if you don't use them, it's fine, too. Just throw them on a bar somewhere, because we always give out excess invites anyway. Yeah, he won't care. Whoa, look at that. I gotta hop. Maybe I'll see you next week. Yeah, okay, later. Diedrich thinks people in finance certainly are very strange. But he also knows that if you have an opportunity that's completely preposterous, you're a fool to take it for granted. So he diligently follows up with my introductions, and the following week he arrives on time at the boat in his best suit. I greet him on the dock wearing shorts and flip-flops. My eyes are very bloodshot, and I appear to have already forgotten who he is, but I welcome him aboard nonetheless, and that's the last he sees of me for a couple of years. The boat that night is chaos, like a bug light for the craziest people in New York. Some of them are wearing suits like he is. Others seem like they're the sort of creatures who start work at 10 p.m., or perhaps just don't know they're prostitutes yet. Oddly, for a Wall Street fundraiser, there's no speeches or even food, just an open bar. Two hours later, he's doing coke in the bathroom with Miss Rhode Island. They spend a drug-fueled weekend together, and he misses an interview on Monday. So he thinks... This is Wall Street. Diedrich quickly cleans up his act. He vows never to take drugs again, dumps Miss Rhode Island like a bad habit, and makes his second interview. 
It's 2006, so anyone with a heartbeat can get a job in finance. But even by the standards of the time, he quickly became successful, eventually running a billion-dollar securities lending facility for a large European bank. One day, he's looking at Craigslist and sees a yacht for sale, seven grand with a new engine that might be worth 15. That seems fine, but what's the carry on a boat? Turns out, post 9-11, it was cheap to moor one downtown. He gets even more curious. So he drives up to Connecticut with $7,000 in his pocket, telling himself he is only going to look at it. But that's like going to a strip club and saying you aren't going to get a lap dance. Sure enough, when he gets there, well, it's a real pretty boat. As he buys it for cash, the owner offers to leave it at the mooring until the weather improves. Diedrich declines, sails the boat down by himself without instruments and under the Brooklyn Bridge in such thick fog he can't see the pilings on either side. He likes the boat, names her Miss Conduct. Turns out Diedrich's CEO likes boats too. Let's call him Francois. Francois's boat is a monstrosity named Sicario, and he probably has at least three staff working there just dedicated to blowing him. He has a flag on it for when it's cocktail hour that never comes down. Francois is a child of wealth, from a generation when the children of the rich were trained to be useless. Even though they're moored near each other, Diedrich never asks to visit Sicario, because you can't respect people who don't captain their own ship, but Francois is curious about this employee who seems to spend all his spare time cleaning his boat when he's not sailing it. He decides to pay Diedrich a visit, and unfortunately for everyone, that's where he meets me. Now, in my defense, Diedrich actually invited me onto his boat, whereas Francois just turned up. Also, I'd been out drinking with one of the biggest characters on Wall Street back then, someone known as Slayer. We've only mentioned Slayer in the podcast once, in uh, episode 39, because lawsuits follow this guy around everywhere he goes. Slayer is a throwback, a caveman who bashed his way onto the New York Stock Exchange back in an era where sharp elbows and sheer force of will were enough to succeed. Slayer and I had just finished up at a Nomura function in Gotham where we entertained one another telling various executives they didn't look Japanese enough for Americans. That whole year is a bit of a blur for me, but if I was with Slayer, it's a safe bet that we consumed booze and drugs in the sort of quantities that would terrify any one of us now. Four or five other people are on Diedrich's boat, but I'm drawn to Francois. In short order, I inform him the French haven't closed a deal since the Louisiana Purchase, tell a joke about how frog tanks have rearview mirrors so they can watch the battle unfold, explain why I thought de Gaulle was a total pussy, and point out the Bastille fell like a house of cards at the first sign of popular resistance. Francois starts trying to slap me. Actual slaps, like a 14-year-old girl might do to her little brother. Slayer's not having any of this. Just thumps him in the belly with a winch, and Francois falls overboard. Diedrich has finished his story. I'm a little taken aback. I don't remember any of that happening. He assures me it did and that I shouldn't worry. Losing his job on Wall Street was the best thing that ever happened to him. He'll be interested to see if I take it so well when it's my turn in the barrel. Je suis Francois. Episode 45 of Occupied Job on Wall Street will be back soon. None. I'm not Italian. I'm French. Oui, I would be upset if the Eiffel Tower fell over. Non, the French language, it does not turn you into a, how do you say, pussy-ass jack-off. Speaking French does not turn you into a coward. That is not true. Non, non. France was not overproductive for the Nazis. Non, I will not bend over for you like we did for Hitler. 